0: The Road to Mac Stock with Avison Sheridan. This is Mac Voices. This edition of Mac Voices is brought to you by the Mac Voices Slack, available to all patrons of Mac Voices. Sign up today at patreon.com slash Welcome to Mac Voices. This is the Talk of the Apple community, and I'm Chuck Joyner. Folks, we are back on the road to MaxTalk. We are talking to every presenter we can get our hands on to talk a little bit about their topic, what they're going to be Freezing. presenting to us. And this time, you know, as you can tell, there's somebody interrupting already. Allison Sheridan is here to tell us what she's going to talk about at MaxTalk. Allison, it's great to see you. And I, the last time we did this, I got in trouble with Mike Potter. So is that going to happen again?
1: Well, so to bring the audience up to speed, anybody who doesn't remember, I had a talk already to go. What I was going to talk about, I had told Mike what it was going to be. He thought it was great. It was. It was. In fact, I believe it was already printed. The the little doc, you know, the little handouts were printed when I came on the road to Maxstack and uh, Chuck and I started talking. And as I talked about it, Chuck could kind of tell that I wasn't really that enthusiastic about my topic. And I said, "Well, you know, there's this other thing I've been rolling around my head that I think sounds pretty cool." And he listened to me and, like a good therapist, said, yeah. "What I hear you saying, Allison, is you don't like your topic and you want to do this instead." And I went, "Yes, I do, Chuck. You're right." <laughs> so what was that? Like two or three weeks before the show, I changed mm-hmm. my topic, yeah, but it was your um, fault. So it was, it was, it was great.
0: Well, see, that's a, sometimes it's you get the credit for it, sometimes it's your fault. I don't know which one it is, but <laughs> um, and that ar- that interview is back in the Mac Voices archive, so you can go back and watch Allison change your mind. Um, so but my time, talk
1: was really good. I loved my talk. Oh, it was. I, um, I, I loved it. I was so happy we I changed it. I think it was wasn't that the one that you ended up doing on mind mapping? It was either that one or it was the uh, uh, name your own adventure game that I did about. I picked up a microphone and this is what happened. I forget which one it was. I really—it was one of those two. But yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, it ended up
0: being a, a great presentation, you know. And I, of course, I never saw the one you didn't give, so I don't know how it would have compared. <laughs> but yeah, it was—it was great. So, but th- but this time we're, we're a little bit farther out, so maybe I won't get as in as much trouble with
1: Mike. But well, my, th- my theory is that you won't get in trouble at all, because it is uh, April 20th. By the way, Chuck's making me work on my birthday, knowingly oh, chose this right. date. Happy birthday. Happy <laughs> birthday. I forgot all about it. You and Steve both have birthdays today. That's right. We were born on the same day, four hours apart. I'm the older woman, though. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to learn more than that. <laughs> anyway, um... So we're pretty far out from the show and I've got a vague idea of what I want to talk about, but rather than tell Mike, what I'm going to talk about, I thought I'd see if it was okay with Chuck first. I'd run it by him and see whether there's enough meat on the bones, you know, to, to really know whether this is a good topic or not. That That's my plan for today. I don't know what you wanted to talk about. To talk about. <laughs> well, okay. So this
0: will be the first ever edition of Mac Voices on the Couch.
1: Phrasing um, you know, again, Chuck. First you yeah. say you want to get your hands on the speakers. Now you want me on a couch. <laughs>
0: no, no. The, th- the therapy session. The
1: therapy session ah. is, is that kind of couch.
0: Allison, okay, can get your gotcha. mind out of the gutter. Um, so, what what is under consideration this time? How's that?
1: Okay, so the theme of this year's show, I just love. It's learn, and I've struggled with some of the other topics that Mike has picked. but I've kind of shoehorned what I wanted to talk about into making it sound like I, I obeyed the rules on what he wanted us to talk about. Um, but the idea of learn triggered immediately the thought to me is that the way I learn is by teaching. And I know that's kind of a common trope. You know, people say that all the time. But over the course of the since 1984, when I first uh, got my first Mac, I've evolved into a teacher. And and I didn't realize that until, I don't know, maybe five or 10 years ago that I really was a teacher. So I go into writing my blog post for my podcast are always Teaching how to do something. I'm teaching you tiny Mac tips, or I'm teaching you tiny I- iOS tips, or I'm teaching you an entire tool. I'm, I don't just review a tool. I don't say, hey, this is really cool. This is what it does. I say, okay, in the upper left-hand corner, you're going to look for this button and you're going to try to do this. And this is, I would like to start with a use case. So I say, okay, here's a problem I was trying to solve. This week, I'm going to be, I think it's going to be this week, maybe next week, I'm going to be talking about the image manipulation app uh, retro uh, retro batch and retro batch lets you modify photos in a batch way but i'm starting with a problem to be solved that the audience already knows i, I have so i have this problem and i needed to get it solved and i asked mastodon and through um uh, greg scown from uh, formerly of text expander i was able to to find this app retro batch and so i walk through the whole story but i teach you how to use it to do what it is i wanted to do and so, I learn by teaching, and that and that's kind of where I'm thinking about going. I also do screencast online videos, which are purely tutorials. That is exactly the whole purpose of them, and I I love doing them. And that's the way I actually learn the tools that I need to use.
0: Okay, so are you saying that you're going to take a start with a problem, start with the piece of software that is going to be your solution, and then you're going to be doing this on stage, you're going to be learning about the tool as you teach it to the, to the audience.
1: Hmm. Boy, that sounds risky. No. Um, <laughs> Cause it, when I'm learning a tool in order to teach it, it's constantly, huh? I didn't know that was in there. You know, it, tools that I've <laughs> used forever. Um, I just did under my roof uh, for, for Screencast online. And in that app, I, I knew how to use it. I've been using it and its predecessor since 2014, so really, really like nine years. And I use this tool all the time. When I went to teach it, boy, howdy, does it know how to do a lot of stuff I never used before? <laughs> so um, it, that it wouldn't, it would be embarrassing to do on stage. I'd have to pick a tool I didn't know or that I was already using uh, and had never taught. And, uh, but more maybe by example of here, for example, under my roof here, I went to, I went to go, uh, do a tutorial on it and look at all the stuff I didn't know that it did. Um, mind mapping, you know, I, I use iThoughtsX. Uh, that's the one that I, I demonstrated. At least we're pretty sure I did it at Backstock. If Chuck remembers it, I'm sure it's true. But what did I learn when I taught that tool? Um, that's one angle of, of to go at it or to talk about the different methods that I do the teaching not sure which i uh,
0: I, I mean i kind of like both i i like the idea of of you t- teaching us or telling us or explaining you know what you found out when you went to develop your your uh, presentation of the tool um, that's i i mean the, your teaching of the tool tutorials uh huh you know, thank you tutorials thank you that's better um Because that I mean, I I personally think that we all don't make nearly enough use of our of of the power of our software. You know, you you find it can do one thing and that's what you want to do at that moment. So that's kind of where you get stuck. And so I I I I remember
1: a long a long time ago, you talking about this a lot, maybe on the Mac roundtable, where maybe what we should do is just sit down and learn the stuff we already have because we like buying new stuff. Right. But is that was that you that talked about that a lot that we should really dig into the tools we know?
0: I mean, I've talked about it. I'm not sure, you know, because I think that conversation comes up frequently because I I know personal experience says that I a lot of times I have the tool already in my toolbox. I just never learned how to use it for (laughs) that task. It does something else over here really well. But over here, I never even thought about using it or applying it to that.
1: Yeah, and maybe by doing a couple of tools, explaining like what what did I not know when I went into them? Um, boy, I just thought of another really good one, Text Expander. Uh, I did a, a tutorial for screencast online on Text Expander, and I'm an avid user. You know, love it. I mean, I'm not one of the people that saves twenty hours a month, but you know, a couple hours a month with it. But what I didn't realize was the things like embedded snippets, you can make a snippet and embed it inside of another snippet. And all of a sudden, now, when you change that one embedded snippet, now it changes everywhere else that you used it. And then I learned about how you could put in dates and, and uh, you know, other placeholder things. And I just couldn't believe what I didn't know about the tool. And now I know it really well. Um, I, I might even talk about how sometimes I'm afraid to teach a tool because I'll realize how much I don't know. I use something called Hindenburg to record my podcast. And I've been using it, I know, at least seven years, because I found an interview with the with the Hindenburg people from, uh, I think it was from CES, I'm not sure where. Anyway, um, I've been using it for a very long time. There's At least 50% of that tool, I've never even pushed the buttons that they've got there for me. So I'm I'm afraid, like, oh, man, what if I find out I've been doing it wrong all this time?
0: (laughs) You know, that's an interesting comment right there, though, um, from a learning standpoint, because I don't know that there's anything – most of the time, if you're getting the results you want, it's not that you're ever using it wrong. You're just using it your way. There just might be a better way, but you're using it your way.
1: Right. But if you're being inefficient – I don't know. The yeah, I mean I'd like like I'd like to be really good at at Hindenburg. And I'm going to give a plug right in the middle here for uh, Jill McKinley. I don't think you've interviewed her yet, but you're going to. Is that That's correct? Yeah. Yeah, if it's yeah, okay, to so, together,
0: yeah.
1: Uh Jill McKinley, you got to you got to make sure she gets on on here because she's she's fantastic. I I sort of helped her get into a a speaking slot. She's a uh was a Windows admin so like really 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 good at Windows. She gave up Windows and switched to the Mac and she did it of course across like 6 months. And uh I, I was the enabler. I sold her an old Mac and then she bought another Mac, and then she bought a Mac mini M1 and then she bought a, a MacBook Pro or MacBook. Anyway, she had a great evolution of that and her story of how she learns is going to be completely different from the way I learn, And so I said, I said, you got to come in and tell people, how did you learn to go from, you know, really good at Windows to pretty good at the Mac? And she's also got a ways to go in her journey is she wants to be that person who knows everything on the Mac. And so she's in the middle of that journey to learn. And I think her talk's going to be really interesting. But when she needed an audio uh, recording app to do her podcast, uh, small steps podcast, start with small steps, she, I suggested she take a look at Hindenburg. She bought it. She watched every single video tutorial. She read all of the documentation. And now, when I get stuck, I just ask her. So that's another way to learn.
0: <laughs> okay. Um, I, I, yeah, I got to
1: process that a little bit. That's a, that's really interesting. I got I got to write that down. That's gold right there. That'll be great when I put it in the presentation. <laughs> But,
0: okay, so the other the other idea, if I think, if I understood you right, is as opposed to doing what we've been talking about, you were going to teach how you
1: create the tutorial? Mm, did no, I understand it right or did I not, not have it right? No, because there's so many different ways that I do it. You know, if I'm doing a Screencast Online tutorial... Uh, I tend to use a mind map starting with iThoughts. I create a mind map and as I'm learning the tool, I plop things down. And, and, uh, I mean, that is something I could teach. Um, but I've actually started to modify the way I'm doing it. I'm not using the mind map as much as I used to. Um, I mean, that is one way I could do it. How I do the tu- how I create the tutorials, but th- that's how I learn is in the middle of that process, right? But that's not always it. Well. That, that's a thought. If I can't find enough meat, the, the only thing I'm worried about is do I have enough meat? You know, is that, Do I have enough examples where I could remember what did I learn when I did this and why did, why did uh, teaching it help me learn it?
0: Um, yeah, but if you, if you have, let's just say, three or four methods of creating a tutorial, whether it's for screencasts online or whether it's for your own website or whatever, I mean, that would frankly, that might be interesting to compare and contrast. See, I told you she was going to be on the, the couch, folks. Um, yeah, I, I I don't know if they're
1: methods. I poke all the buttons. You know, I, I I start pushing every every menu and and going in and diving into the settings and seeing what they do. I I don't know that that's different from. If it's a written tutorial or, you know, a written, uh, blog post or article for the podcast versus doing a screencast online tutorial. So much of doing screencast online, uh, you've done screencasting before. That's a ton of work. That's a, that's a whole nother subject of how to create a, a, a good screencast tutorial. I remember years ago at work, I was using, uh, oh, I was using the worst piece of software I've ever used in my life. Um, I can almost come up with the name with, of it. It was, I get, Delirium tremors. When I remember it, uh, it was a, it was a screencasting application. There's a version of it for the Mac. Anyway, it was just just terrible stuff. But um, oh, where was I going with that? Man, I started thinking about the software, and I got I got freaked out. Oh, I remember a guy was telling me screencasting's is easy. I said I said, what are you talking me? He goes, Well, oh, you just turn on the camera, you start recording, and then you hit stop, and you're done. And I said, oh, I'm sorry, I meant a good one. <laughs> Those are two totally different things.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, and and of course. I'll put a plug in for since we're plugging things. I'll put a plug in for Screencast Online because uh, I mean not just yours but everybody that that Don has lined up. You know he he holds them to very high standards and as a result the products are very very high quality.
1: Yeah yeah uh, now uh, JF Percent makes us look good. My my screencasts are much better when JF is done editing them. Uh, but uh, yeah, it, you do learn a lot when you, well, I learned how to screencast by working for Don. That was how I learned it. I was I was pretty good at it with this other horrible, horrible piece of software on Windows. But with ScreenFlow, I got better and better. And, and uh, JF teaches a lot with uh, like keystrokes to do things. And they've got all kinds of macros they've written that mm-hmm. speed things up. So um, yeah, there's a lot of stuff I could talk about on Learn, isn't there?
0: Yeah, yeah, and I'm I'm sitting here racking my brain too because I know exactly the piece of software you're talking about because I think I launched
1: it once and that was enough. And it was a the Mac version is a competitor to Screenflow. Yeah, but I wonder how many people are screaming at their at their phones right now.
0: Probably probably a lot. And you know, and frankly maybe it's a good thing that we're not going to broadcast the name because we we don't want to slander it, but on the other hand, truth is an absolute defense. So, if you know,
1: if the shoe fits, <laughs> Um, yeah it was just, it was just super buggy and it was it was like it would just you'd be recording and all of a sudden your audio just wouldn't be recorded just stop being there and they and when I contacted them uh it, techsmith is the company I can't remember what the application is um they make a couple of pieces of of software that are really good, but that wasn't one of them on windows um uh but yeah that was that was terrible stuff yeah. why can't I find the name of it well so anyway. Camtasia, there we go. Okay, Allison said it. I didn't. Um, <laughs> just and that was on Windows. I'm sure it's delightful now. And and this is like 15 years ago, so we shouldn't judge it for what it is today. I've not tested it since then. Well, so if I
0: misunderstood the your your second the, the your alternative method of or, or excuse me your alternative topic then what was the alternative topic?
1: I don't actually have an alternative topic. That's why you can't figure out what it is. <laughs> okay. I was just throwing one up and thinking if you thought of something better, that'd be okay. Oh, okay. So so this is, I get to pick your topic. I like
0: this. Um, <laughs> I wish I'd had more notice, but, um, you know, I I think, I seriously, I think that an interesting topic for you might be to, talk about how you do everything that you do. Cause you put out a significant amount of content and you put out a significant amount of content in a fashion that is different from what I put out and different from what everyone else we know puts out because you are methodical to a fault. And thank you. And, and I, and I, yeah, that I meant that as a compliment um, because you know, if, 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 if it's in there and Allison hasn't found it, it's not there
1: to be found. You know, and, and I, I do take I, corrections. It does happen. And I'm really happy when people say, you missed this. That's, that's great. But I, I know you're talking about some of the stuff I've just, oh man, what was the one I dove into? Uh, the, uh, NIST, the National Institute of something or other and standards, uh, standards body and how, um, how and why they don't recommend using two-factor authentication through SMS. I think that's what it was. But I I knew that it wasn't recommended, but I started actually reading NIST and dug and man, I got down in the weeds and digging into that thing. So once I get a hold of a topic like that that I really want to understand, there's no stopping me. And sometimes there's math too. I like I like throwing math in.
0: Well I think the the quintessential example of Allison Sheridan's approach to things. Is her mind map of iOS. (laughs) I think if if you don't understand what I'm talking about, just go and and Google that. You'll find it on her site and then your brain will melt down.
1: Because mine definitely did. I I thought all I thought was hey, you know what would be cool is if I could see in one mind map what all of the settings are in iOS, like what branches off of what. Uh, that'd be pretty cool. How long could that take? A couple hours? Took me three weeks to build that mind map, going down every single path, documenting every single thing, what it did. And what I started noticing was some of the menus were like, you'd go menu deep, menu menu one deep, menu two deep, menu three deep. And there was nothing but that one thing at the end. It's like, people, 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 what are you doing? And and about 80% of the mind map was under accessibility. And I think they've put more under accessibility since then. When I finally published it, it was iOS 11, and I said in big bold letters at the top, no, I'm not ever going to update this to the next version. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> And, and I, you know, when you did that, I thought, okay, first of all, she's a little obsessive, but second, I (laughs) thought it was really interesting. Third though, the, the conclusion you reached was, was interesting um, that, yeah, there was only one thing down at that bottom level. And I looked at it and said, okay, this reminds me of some websites I've built where I don't exactly have things in as placeholders, but I have things in where eventually something will go. It just may Mm -hmm. not be there yet. And so, e- even the interpretation of some of those kind of things might be interesting to to shoehorn into your discussion.
1: Yeah, I, I'd have to go pretty deep into a topic to get to that level of detail on it. Um, but I think it would be interesting to go through these different kinds of things as you're talking and teaching me here. Um, you know how how and how I use other people to help me do things, like Jill. Um, I, I, another great obsession one was uh, the solar diagram that I, I created. We've got solar panels put on and we have a, a whole home battery from Tesla, Tesla Powerwall. And then of course we have grid power. And in between those three things, there's kind of this traffic cop that decides under what conditions it's like a, you know, it's like a flow diagram under what conditions does the power go, which direction, you know, if it's sunny out during the day, the first, first the energy goes to power the house, then whatever's left over goes to the battery. But if it does, if the battery's full, then it turns on, it goes back into the grid. Okay, say so now what if it's between 4 and 9 PM where we have uh, the highest energy cost, then it goes from the battery first over, you know, it's this whole thing. And I started creating this, this diagram to try to, uh, and I could even talk about the tools I use for that. As I started creating the diagram, Steve and I would go over it and try to figure out, okay, is that right? Is that how it works? And we kept working it and working it, and working and modifying the diagram until we realized we didn't actually understand how it worked. We had missed a big piece of information that I learned because I had to. I did this diagram.
0: Was it not being smart? Was it a useful piece of information?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. What okay. w- we, when we had our, uh, solar installed, they told us that we had to divide our circuits into, into two piles, a pile of things that would be on backup battery and the pile that wouldn't be. So the oven and the, the chargers for electric vehicles, neither of those could be on the backup battery. They, they just draw too much power. So, uh, and instantaneous power, especially. And so we had those separated. What we didn't realize was that we could use solar energy to power them. It was just in the case of a grid outage that we couldn't use them, if that makes any sense. It makes part. And that sense. we thought we couldn't use them at all on battery. That we that if we used them, we would be using grid power. We did not understand that until we kept diagramming, going, "Hey, wait a minute, look what's happening when this is going on. What we're doing now, we've kind of changed the algorithm, and I think we don't understand it." Again. <laughs> <laughs> two enge- two engineers, and you know, we've both got master's degrees, and we sit there diagramming this stuff, trying to figure it out. But uh, that was a really Doing my diagrams, I definitely learn how things work. That's another another important one. So mind maps and diagrams. And
0: well, so maybe we're coming up with a topic here for you as we as we go. Uh, the idea that the idea that you need to do some of these things to learn about all the capabilities of your software or your solar panel or whatever it is. That, you know, yeah. this, as opposed to just reading the manual and accepting that, you know, maybe start asking questions. Because it. Th- the impression I'm getting is that you ended up getting better use out of the money you spent on the solar panels as opposed to just letting them come installed and say, okay, here you go.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. And there's just a deep-rooted need to understand In me and in Steve, you know, like I said, being engineers, we just have to understand we can't just use something and go, okay, it's all right. It's just fine. It just goes. I mean, I don't know how my lights turn on and off, but, you know, (laughs) and actually, I think that's one of the things if I ever sat down to try to explain HomeKit, I think I would I would just end my life if i tried to explain how it worked and how the different pieces of of automation work within it uh, that that's the kind of thing where it bothers me that i don't think i could mind map that i couldn't diagram it if i tried
0: i know you and bart buchatts have done um taming the terminal um, and you've done a couple things on programming but
1: do you consider yourself a programmer <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up. That was another piece of this is, um, Taming the Terminal was a 40-ish, we should have stopped at 42. I think we actually did 43, uh, episodes where he taught us how to use the terminal. Um, Programming by Stealth has now been going on for over four years. It goes on, it's about once a month or sometimes, tw- no. Twice a month, twice a month, uh, where Bart is teaching the class to program through an audio podcast, which sounds really dumb, but Bart has spectacular tutorial show notes that he writes. So you don't actually have to listen to us. You can just read his show notes and you could probably get a lot of it. By listening to the podcast along with it, what you get is me sitting in the front row going, Teacher, teacher, I don't understand. You went too fast. I don't understand what this means. And he And the students seem to claim that my contribution is helpful. So I am honestly, earnestly asking questions when I get stuck or I don't, don't understand what he said, but he said he loves it because it forces him to go back and understand. And, Bart will tell you that by teaching this class, he says, I'm one step ahead of the class. So right now we're in a series where he's teaching um, shell scripting. And that's getting a lot of traction. People are really loving that. And people who are taking the class, a lot of them are saying, well, I actually already knew how to use Bash, but I can't believe how much I'm learning from Bart. And Bart's answer is, yeah, me too. Because he says he knows that because I'm in the front row asking questions, he has to know exactly what he can't fluff over some because I'll catch him on it and ask him a question he doesn't know the answer to. So uh, by teaching the class, he's learning as he's teaching us. And uh, the answer to your question is yes, I consider myself a developer. And if I say it out loud, I usually have to say, yeah, really, really junior developer. But still, I'm a developer. I have apps that I have published on GitHub. Okay. I
0: I ask, I guess, because of the methodology we were talking about when you go to prepare the tutorials, that that sounds a bit like programming. You know, that if, if you go, if you do this, then you get that result. But if you go over here, then you get this result. So and that's a very simplified example, but I, hopefully folks get the
1: idea. Well, yeah, d- definitely. When I was working uh, on this post I haven't finished yet about RetroBatch, I had ended up with like four different conditions of what I wanted to have have happened with a full, with a, uh, uh, some photos or some images. And of course I made a truth table, you know, that's what one does, right? Um, normal people probably don't, but that's what I do. But it it was that kind of thing is I needed to do the booleans to say, okay, if this is true and this is true, then what happens if this is true and this is false, what does that happen? This is false. This is true. What does that happen? What if they're both false? And I think that's kind of the, the programmer brain, um, the other one that I was really proud of, I've got a post called knit like a programmer, I was I was working on a, uh, a an Afghan a baby Afghan for my grandchild. And it was this really cool pattern that had uh, repeating sections. So let's say, you know, a square, a square, a square, a square, these four squares look different. So it's it's ABAB, a, B. It, the first and third are the same, the second and fourth are the same. But halfway through one of them, knitting up, it changed pattern. So I they were basically subroutines within these, these blocks. So you'd learn the block, but then you had a subroutine that it had to do within that block. And as soon as I realized that's what it was, I could diagram it out so that I could follow the pattern. Otherwise, every stitch I was going, okay, is that supposed to be a knit or a purl? But once I knew what the algorithm was, then I could go through and I could knit without, you know, just paying a lot less attention. Mm-hmm. That's not normal, that's not really is it, Chuck? What? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's maybe not normal. <laughs> well... Uh-
0: no, it is for you. It is for the way you're, the, and, I, and I mean that. It's the way your head works. The, the more people get to know you, the more people watch your stuff, I think they, they do start to understand maybe your, your approach to it. Like you said, you know, a, a, tr- a truth table. How many people mm-hmm. would bother to take the time? So, you know, you do have that obsessive gene in there about understanding things. And that's, I'm trying, I'm still trying to find that perfect way for you to take that and twist it into Mike's topic of learn.
1: Yeah, maybe, maybe that's part of the preamble of why I do what I do, is because I have to understand, and that obsession makes me think, man, this is so cool, I need to teach people about that. Maybe that's the, the angle in on that? That's a pretty good angle. Because I've.
0: I feel like I'm, I'm. I'm not going to get into what I'm, I'm planning to to uh, talk about, but it is interesting because I'm a bit more of a pragmatist. I'm a little less worried about how it works, just knowing that it does work, and mm-hmm. how to use how to use it as opposed to understanding exactly why it does what it does. So that's an interesting contrast in because some of the things you're talking about. Yeah, absolutely interesting. No question about it. But am I going to take the time to dig that deep into it? Or am I going to say, if I push the little B on the keyboard, the B pops up on the screen?
1: (laughs) You're making me remember another example was, um, you remember when they first started coming out with portable batteries that could actually charge a laptop? Um, I know it it was right around Maxac because I had brought with me one from Jackery, which was kind of a... Um, like a long, uh, long uh, rectangle of of a charger, and I had purchased that because I'd done the math on how does it work to charge from a, a portable battery. So this this one was one where you could actually plug the AC outlet, you know, the AC plug right into it. Not this was pre-USB-C, and uh, what I had to learn about was loss from the a uh, the alternating current to DC current, uh, direct current conversion. It turns out you lose about 20%. And so what I wanted to do was how could you figure out, could this really charge my laptop? Just because it says, it says this many milliamp hours, how do I know if that's what is in my laptop? Because we don't always know those kind of numbers. And it, that's probably the most math laden episode I ever did. There was a, There was a lot of math and it was awesome. I loved it. But I didn't know the answer when I wrote the question as the title of the blog post.
0: And see, that's where I would look at it and say, okay, they say it charges, you know, plug it in. Let's see if it charges. If it charges, great, it's charging. If not a uh, piece <laughs> of junk, let's ship it back. So, yeah, different, completely different approaches to things.
1: Well, and in that, that case, I could do that, and it would answer the question of would it charge Allison's laptop? But it wouldn't answer the question of whether it would charge Chuck's laptop. And if I'm going to write it up, I need to know, is it going to help Chuck? So I can't just say it's going to work. If you if I had a MacBook Air and you had a 16 inch MacBook Pro, the answer is not going to be the same thing. You're going to get 20 percent charge, and I'm going to get 80 percent. You don't know unless you do the math.
0: Okay, that's a that's a really good point, and that again is something maybe you should incorporate is that there's not always a, a, a correct answer that you know, mm-hmm. or there ha- there are multiple answers depending on in in the Big case of what we're talking about here that if, if you have this machine or that machine. So, but that also means that then you've got to educate me to the point of, of plugging my math into your math and Mm -hmm. figuring out, okay, is it right for me? So, yeah, there's an, there's another angle to it.
1: Yeah. Uh, when I'm, when I'm teaching too, I'm, I'm often trying to convince people that there's a problem to be solved that they may have. And that's something I struggle with with screencasts online, because you don't want a 10-minute preamble at the beginning of a tutorial. But on the other hand, I feel like I need to give them a hook. I need to convince them, you know, Under My Roof is a perfect example. It's a piece of software that helps you if your house catches on fire or you get a flood. Well, Chuck's an in insurance, so you know how boring that is, right? You know, who wants to talk about that that topic Terrible, right
0: terribly boring
1: yes absolutely <laughs> and so I, I don't want to talk about insurance right up front but so i've got to get them right past that to the hey but it's really fun and you can upload your pictures and and scan things in and it's really cool and you know so i feel like i want to i want to hook them in but i need to give people that hook i need to give them some reason they should read the next sentence to and and not just ch- you know i give people chapter markers and i I didn't want to do that in, in the No cast, but I decided to finally do it because I knew that if I gave chapter marks, they might skip. So you got to catch them right at the beginning. Got to give them a reason to listen to the next few sentences.
0: So Allison is manipulating you with her podcast. A hundred percent. Yeah, <laughs> she doesn't even deny it. I like it. Whatever possible. Let's see. Okay, I listen. I i
1: end, sound passionate you, about it don't i check
0: well you know that's that may be again the best angle because you you absolutely are passionate about it and i can get passionate about parts of it but other parts of it it's just like i just want to skip to the end you're right i'm, I'm one of those <laughs> just give me the conclusion and let me move on because i've got other things to do
1: right so there's, there's a place for both both kinds of people that's one of the things I like about the podcasting, the whole concept of podcasting is that there's a podcast for you. You know, there's one that you're going to like and you're going to you're going to get the content that you want, the way you want, and you don't have to like the same one that I do. Whenever I, I remember back before people knew what podcasting was, I would always try to explain to them. I'd say, they'd say, well, what's your podcast about? And I'd say, I just wouldn't like my podcast. You, you don't have any, we don't have any of the same interests. But what do you care about? What do you like? Do you like to knit? Do you like to drink? Do you like religion? Do you like sports? What do you like? Here's, here's how you would find the podcast that would be fun for you. So, And even within the narrower field of the Apple podcast, uh, field, there's so many of us that you can pick which ones you really like and and what has the best content. I mean, mine clearly has the best content, but you know, your for your second Mac ones, you can you can look other ones up too. Um, uh, podcasting, I think, is is interesting, and
0: we're having a good time here. This is a very generalized discussion, but you can focus on things. Very specifically, you know, have a very narrow niche. You're not going to have, you know, two million followers on on YouTube or subscribers to your podcast. But the people that are paying attention to you really do care.
1: Yeah, yeah. the The, the passion of the community is so much fun. I built a um a Slack community, and it's the first thing I check in the morning is what's going on in Slack. What are people talking about? Um, it, what surprises me is that the programming by stealth people, they're probably the most engaged. Uh the the discussions that are going on in there and people helping each other and posting cool tips and in uh about programming, they're they're really all over it. So it's it was that was kind of a surprise. The general topic gets a little bit um I also created a, a channel called Delete Me, which is a play on something that I believe in uh uh about the Mac, but it's it's the place you can post stuff that is just funny. And delete me is the best channel in the whole thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if I, I think I've talked about it before at MaxDoc but delete me comes from, um, I came up with the idea of creating a folder, not called temp, call it delete me. Because anything you put in that folder, you're telling future you, you can delete this you already know. So you download a picture of your dog, that's the best picture ever. And uh, or you, you, you bring it down to this folder, and then you post it on social media. For some reason, you needed it on the desktop. And later you go to delete it. And you're like, oh, shoot, do I already have that in my library? Well, I don't know. I better put it back in my library. So you, you end up with 18 copies of that same photo. With Delete Me, you already told future you. Yeah, it's fine. Get rid of it. It's one of my okay. favorite tips.
0: I would never have thought of that. I have a, full, a similar folder called the black hole. That's pretty good. That's and, pretty good. You know, the, and people look at my desktop and say, what is the black hole? And it's like, well, it's where I can put stuff in, and I never need to see it again if I don't want to.
1: Yeah. Set Hazel up to just delete it after a little while. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, you know, that's it. See, they're all kind of little tips and tricks and, you know, the origins, the origins of things. I don't know, Alison. We're, we're heading toward time, and I'm not still not sure what your topic is. But maybe.
1: oh, I'm. I do. I do. I totally know what it is. Oh, really? I, I learned by teaching, and I'm just going to go through examples okay. of how by teaching this, this is how I learned it. Um, it like the examples the solar diagram so that's using a diagram i was able to teach myself how how this thing worked and the obsession with diving down to really understand is what makes me create these tutorials in the first place i am all over it i i got it i got this check there's meat on the bones that's what i wanted to know
0: (laughs) okay mike if she changes her topic it's not my fault because you heard it here she's decided everything's good (laughs) absolutely absolutely So, take us through everything that you do um, that you would like for folks to know about and how they go about accessing it.
1: Very cool. Well, the main uh, hub of life is podfeet.com, dot com. It's a silly name designed to have no uh, search engine optimization whatsoever. That was my goal, apparently. Um, and my flagship show is the NoSilicast, which is my name spelled backwards, which most people don't catch. Again, designed to never know what it's about. I, uh, but it's a technology geek podcast with an ever so slight Apple bias. So it's not all Apple stuff. Um, I talk about accessibility a lot. Um, uh, there might be photography stuff. You don't really know what you're going to get, but it's always going to be Apple bias. You're, never, you're not going to find a significant Windows bias in there, uh, definitely. And I don't do any Android stuff. I'm not against having guests talk about that. I do some guest posts. Um, but that's my flagship show, and on May 17th, I think it's 17th, it will be 18 years without missing a weekly episode. Not one single time have we missed an episode. Now, it hasn't 100% been me. A couple of times a, a year, uh, Alistair Jenks and Bart Bouchot co- do the hosting for me. Uh, so it hasn't 100% been me, but that show has it comes out every Sunday night like clockwork. So I'm, I'm kind of proud of that. I'm not the oldest podcast, Mac podcast, um, Adam Christensen's ahead of me. Uh, but I'm ahead of Leo and uh, Dave Hamilton, so that that's fun. Uh but I believe nobody else can say that they've never missed an episode. I I'm pretty sure on that one. Um so that's a flagship show, but then there's a couple of spin-off shows that uh one is Chit Chat Across the Pond Light, which is me talking to people I find interesting in tech. Uh last week I had uh Adam Engst on talking about the file provider extension that moved all of our uh, Dropbox and Google drive and everything moved it around in the finder and what the repercussions are. So just be people in tech. I find interesting sort of mostly in tech, sometimes psychology, you never know. And then programming by stealth with Bart is also out of there. Uh, Bart's show notes are on his own site, but it's all linked up through my site. And we did uh, uh, HTML, CSS, JavaScript, we learned uh, how to do bundlers. We've done, We done. Uh, there's a really great sub-series on Git. If you've always wanted to learn Git, the best way to learn it is from Bart. Um, Taming the Terminal is there, too, which is also available as a book in Apple Books, in, including the uh, the audio podcast is embedded in it. So other than that, I don't really do very much.
0: <laughs> Except dig into your solar panels and
1: make sure that your electric car can be charged and... And I'm on Daily Tech News show a lot, and uh, the SMR podcast, and uh, um, a lot of other shows, so yeah. that's fun. And and let's not forget knitting. Clockwise. What's that? I said, let's not forget knitting. Knitting. Uh, knitting, crocheting. Knitting I
0: exercise like, a couple hours a day. Yeah, knitting like a, like a programmer.
1: Right. Oh boy. I should give you the link to that for your show notes. <laughs> Please do. Please do. I'll stick
0: it in there. I, I All right, still well, can't believe it, but I'll stick it in there. <laughs> <laughs> no, you should
1: read it, Chuck. It's good. Uh, right. oh, and, Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, well, I was going to say that is one thing that's uh, another thing that's different about my shows is virtually everything you hear on the no Cast is a well-written, I will say show myself, a uh, full blog post. I hate the word full. Uh, It's a blog post with details of everything I talked about. So it is all written out. uh, So you can read, or you can listen, or you can do both. And uh, many years ago, a guy who is deafblind wrote to me and he said, "Um, I'm going to write to you once. I'm never going to write back. I'm not going to respond to you. But I want you to know that I read your blog posts using my Braille reader every night. And from that day forward, there will I've, anything I can do possible to to make sure that there's a blog post for that guy, whether he's still out there or not. I'm still I'm going to make sure that's always there. So um, that's that's a, another big difference. The the shows like chit chat and all that those don't necessarily a blog post, but uh, programming this uh, programming myself does.
0: that's very cool. That's very cool. Oh, yeah, I think so. I'm looking forward to getting back to Mackstock. Um oh, I, yeah. I think you probably are too. You know, it's it's one of my favorite weekends of the year. We get to see so many of our friends, we get to pick on each other, sometimes mm-hmm. on stage, sometimes not. <laughs> um and you know there's, match. Just, there's just always a, it's it's just such a great group of people. And you always learn something and especially this year I think more arguably more than any other year you're going to learn something because that's what the topic is.
1: So. Yeah. And I I do like that the, the format this year is going to be, we're all going to be together all the time. Uh, he has in previous years done tracks. And whenever there's tracks, I'm sure I'm missing the better one. You know, no matter how good one I'm sitting in, I'm convinced I've got FOMO about the other one. So I like not having to make decisions. And I also think doing this, the talks will be easier because we used to have to do two halves of talks. And that was a little more complicated. So I'm looking forward to this. Uh, and it's just, it's just really nice people. You know it's just nice. It's it's fun. There's no arguing, well, between you and me, of course, but that's well, it. Yeah, but that that
0: happens no matter when when or where or how. <laughs> um so, folks, Doc Conference and Expo is where you want to go to get all the information about attending. Allison's going to be there. You heard Jeff Gamet, uh in the previous Road to MacStock interview. You're going to hear more folks as we get them on the schedule here, because we're asking everyone, if possible, to come and do just, well, not exactly what Allison and I just did. Um, <laughs> most of them have decided what they're going to talk about, but to g- give us a taste of what, you know, what they're going to be able to teach you, what you're going to be able to learn. So, again, MacStock Conference and Expo. Allison, I, I'm delighted that you come up with a topic this time. I sincerely hope it doesn't change or my life is forfeit. So <laughs> I will see you in July. All right. I'll see you, Chuck. Looking forward to it. Me too. Folks, I'm Chuck Joyner. This is Mac Voices. We're on the road to MacStock. We hope to see you there as well. As always, thanks for watching.